What's up, footy fans? Well, here once again with you, bringing you a lovely and interesting episode. So strap on and be ready because this episode is a bomb. Welcome to the latest episode of Falconer Our Podcast. So I've been, I've been, I've been trying to get my head around what I've seen during um, this midweek, and I've not had the time to actually digest why. So, so Josh, can you help me out with this? Well, I mean, um, we saw a lot, a lot of craziness happening in Champions League. I think up to six red cards in total, if I'm not mistaken. This midweek Champions League fixtures, we had the Europa League as well. And Tottenham doing whatever the hell they think they are doing in the Europa Conference League. I mean, and of course, we still have the weekend's fixtures to look forward to. So this is going to be fun. All right, then. Let's not waste time. So without further ado, let's get into it. I mean, well, <laughs> I don't know if you like the way we are starting. But I mean, for me, there's only one place to begin. Barcelona. I don't know how you're feeling. But, you know, um... Of course, for anyone who, uh, who was living under a rock for the past few days, Barcelona lost 3-0 at home to Bayern Munich. Barcelona did not have a single shot on target, like, at all. Um, I think this isn't a 3-0 that you can say Bayern were lucky. This is a 3-0 that was going 4-5, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think if this was um Flick's team, that match would have ended 9-0 or something, because... I just think Nagusman just tried to be professional about it. And you could see Bayern, they were like on third gear and Barcelona couldn't touch them. Um, you could, and you could see that after the um, defeat to Bayern, there is this um, outro and, um, that has been happening in the Spanish media all about Kuman. And I don't blame them because Kuman has been hiding behind the excuse that he doesn't have the players. But how can you set up in a 3-5-2-6 them? Well, we all know that a 3 5 2 system is to try and hit your position on the break, and you now put Luke Dion as your striker. Like, what's Luke Dion didn't even win one area ball? Luke Dion couldn't run. Like, I don't even understand what Kuman's plan and strategy is. Like, he 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 he, he made Barcelona look like Everton. I can't understand that. Well, I think based on Everton's current form, that's even an insult to Everton because Everton so far this season in Premier League, three wins and a draw. But okay, um, I think the the worst thing about this defeat is that I wasn't surprised. I predicted two nil on UFR.com, the website, the predictor game. I predicted a two nil win for Bayern, and I think I even underrated how dominant Bayern will be. I didn't expect Barcelona to score; they proved me right. But for me, the the sad thing is, I I won't even blame the young because first of all, you blame the person that signed the young in the first place. Why would the young be playing for Barcelona? I don't get it. Someone was the second or third choice striker at Sevilla coming to play for Barcelona. What exactly did they want him to offer the club? And we had PK giving a very weird post-match interview and saying it is what it is. We are who we are at the moment. Saying that um, he now he mentioned the kids coming on, saying that they lacked experience and so the quality, the difference in quality was there, the golf in class. 
So basically pushing the blame to the young boys who came on. But meanwhile, the game was even lost before they came on. Well, it's the same thing the manager tried to do. The reason why with every, all the blame is on the manager is because the manager was insisting that Barcelona get him Luke De Jong and Barcelona went all out to get Luke De Jong for him. So basically, he has nowhere but, to hide. But don't you, think, even, don't you think that was... Sorry, don't you think that was just because the club needed to let Griezmann go because of his wages? Because even Kuman isn't daft to say that Luke De Jong is better than Griezmann. I think it was just to have a body in because Griezmann had to go. Uh, no, you, you, you're forgetting that, that um, Griezmann had to go because of the wage and everything. But you're forgetting that um, um, Ronald Koeman wanted Luke Dion. Remember in the last episode, we talked about this when he said Luke Dion is better than Neymar in the air. Do you remember that? Oh, like, oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Like, he, he was hyping this guy. You're hyping your own guy because he's your fellow Dutchman. And now that guy couldn't do one thing against Bayern, which is quite embarrassing. And the entire tactics was all wrong because. No, but I think I think we shouldn't turn this into a Luke De Jong bashing because the entire Barcelona team was just awful. It wasn't just Luke yes, De Jong. That, that, that's what I'm even trying to touch on. If a, if the team, entire team is that awful, like I, I'll tell you now for free, no Barcelona fan will tell you that Barcelona will beat Bayern. I'm telling you now, like everyone watching the game knew that. Barcelona are nowhere near um, the levels they need to be to actually beat a club like Bayern. But we expected at least go down with the fight. Like, that match could have carried on for two hours. Barcelona would still have a shot on target. That's how bad Barcelona were. So it's quite embarrassing. Um, And I think it might even get worse at the Allianz Arena. But Barcelona will have a few players back. Usman Dembele, maybe Sergio Aguero will be back then. Continue, but it's funny that we're mentioning Dembele and continue as potentially being saviors. While we know that the Barcelona board tried to ship them off this summer, so the forgotten men are now going to come as the saviors. We'll see how that turns out for Barcelona. But over to Manchester United, the grown men being beaten by young boys. I mean, you can blame the red card all you want, but this was shocking, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my god forgive me, forgive me for laughing but I, I just have to remember some certain men always gas up Arouan Bissaka and say he's the best 1v1 defender in the world like <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite understand even Maldini himself says when, when if I have to make a tackle that means I've already made a mistake as a defender because a defending when you watch Van Dyke, Van Dyke can't really make positioning Yes, your position as a defender has to be spot on. So, if you have to make a tackle as a defender, you've already lost the plot. So, looking at it, Mayu, they went, they, they, they got um, the red card. But still, you expect Mayu, a club of that stature and caliber, to still win that game. I've seen Bayern go down with, um, um, go down to 10 men. I've seen a lot of clubs. Look at Chelsea a few weeks Manchester ago. Manchester City. Yeah, exactly. Look at Chelsea a few, few weeks ago. They were facing Liverpool for um, with 10 men for over 45 minutes and they were controlling the game Liverpool they could have played that game for 2 hours Liverpool will still break them down that's how good Chelsea were with 10 men so I don't understand why Manchester United can't be able to beat um, a team like Young Boys no disrespect to them but in, in terms of um, um, quality Manchester United the golfing class is very clear to see that Manchester United have better players and better quality 
So looking even all Gunasoska's changes were very meaty, and I think he's the one to blame, in my opinion. Well, where do I ever start from? Um, okay, firstly, United fans saying that it's the red card that cost it. United had just two shots on target, and that was before the red card, obviously. But then for you to have, and the red card came around the 36th minute, I think, 35th, 36th minute. And you had only two shots on target against young boys up to the 36th minute. I think that was the first problem because why are you not having more chances at goal? Why are you. It's not like United were playing them off the park. It was more. United were dominating, yes, but then they weren't playing the way I expected before the red card. And so after the red card, what really shocked me was the fact that the coach, in his infinite wisdom, decided to bring on Rafael Varane at halftime to defend for 45 minutes against young boys. I will never understand the logic in that. If you, as a Manchester United boss, don't back your team to be able to win. I mean, we're not even talking of a draw. I have a friend who is a United fan and he told me that he's sure that Manchester City would have beaten young boys with 10 men. And I 100% agree with him. Pep Guardiola's men would play, you still pass young boys off the pitch and will, have, will find a way to win the game. Even if it's just 2-1 or 1-0 or whatever, they'll find a way to win the game. I think that was what separates United where they are now with the very elite, the likes of Bayern Munich and Man City, those teams will win with 10 men. And for me, it wasn't even just the red card, it was the poor substitutions. It was, how do you take Ronaldo off? Who is your main goal threat? Now, okay, fine, you want to rest him because he's 36 years of age, he can't play every minute of every game. Okay, I agree with that, but I mean, the least you can do is you should be able to bring on Greenwood, who is in a rich vein, of, rich vein of form, you know that he can do something. You know he has pace as well. So if you're bringing up Ronaldo, I expect Greenwood to be the one entering, not people like Lingard, who actually made the error for the second young boys go and bringing Matic. So you have Matic, you have Varane, and you're basically trying to play out the 1-1 draw with young boys. I think it was just pathetic. And I have to agree with you there because when you look at it, yeah, when you go down to ten men, you need someone up front that can hold the ball so that when 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 you guys are defending, you need that um, breather. So when the strike when you play the ball into the striker, the striker holds the ball. Runners make runs in behind, so the striker brings others into play. But you're not bringing just Lingard who can't hold the ball. Just Lingard likes to um, pick up the ball and run with it. So now. You're basically um, shooting yourself in the foot. And we saw that when Lingard came, he came deep towards the end of the game to get the ball. And he now saw that there was too much pressure because he cannot hold the ball. He now had to give that back pass. And that still is still on the manager because as a manager, you have to know your players' attributes so that you can um, get the best out of them in certain situations. And Olegonsoska didn't cover himself in glory by putting Lingard on in a match like that as their main striker, it's actually pathetic. Well, I don't know, but I think United United still go out of this group quite comfortably, don't they? Or have they blown it by saying maybe they might not top now because they, they didn't beat the whipping boys? Um, Honestly, I, I, I think um, Europa League is not far away from them. They, they need to step up, if for being honest, because those other guys, Atlanta, 
Atlanta are no whipping boys. Atlanta, they are a very good side and they can win anything because they play quite a, a good um, um, attacking football and their midfield is quite very, very solid. And we saw how young boys dominated Manchester United's midfield. Um, so, I'm looking at Villarreal. We all know what happened a few months ago, Manchester United versus Villarreal. So, like, if United can't get at least three points from those two guys, uh, man, Europa League is not far, I'm being honest. Well, it's nice that you mentioned those two teams because that was his second game out. The next game I wanted to touch on. And the reason I wanted to touch on it was I had this smug look on my face because I predicted the exact scoreline. This was the only score I got exact. I predicted 2-2 Villarreal Atlanta. And so when it was 2-2, I was just praying to God that God lets no world score again. So I would feel like, yes, I got the spiritual spot on but like I expected, goals in the game. We saw a red card for Cochrane for the opt-ins time in his career. But both teams really going at it. And maybe Atlanta will feel disappointed because they had the one-man advantage for five minutes or more. But a draw was the fair result in the end. Yeah, it was quite entertaining. Um, I didn't quite see much, but I watched the highlights. And... I just think Cochrane, I, I don't understand what he's doing. Like, you're already on the yellow and you start to drag your man towards the end of the game. I don't even understand what he's trying to do there. Like, if, I, if I'm the manager, I'll be livid. Like, I'll be so angry because he's a top professional. He has been, he has been around for a very long time. So, it's well, not like... He's, he a, he's a professional, I'm not sure of top, but yes, he's a professional. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. But still, like the game was entertaining to watch. That's why, that's why I quite worry for Manchester United because those guys, when you watch the way they play, very fast. They have good midfield, and we all know Manchester United. Their major struggle is in the midfield area. They struggle to dominate side because they don't have that midfield balance. So that's why I, I was saying, if young boys can dominate Manchester United like that, yes, you could say yes. They were, they were, they were ten men, but still. If they could dominate Manchester United like that, man, you, you you have to wonder what will happen when they face Atlanta or Villarreal. Uh, I'm not worried about United going through. I think they will go through, but I'm slightly worried if they top. But for them to go through, I definitely think they will go through. But they might as well just stop because you have the home game against Young Boys who you expect a win. You expect at least a win. I think United can win all their home games in this group and then they just need another win. You know, they just need one win away from home and I think they'll be they'll be fine. I expect, I expect United to go through in the end. But now, now let's go to their neighbours, noisy neighbours and 6-3 against Leipzig. I mean, I expected City to win but 6 goals, wow. And you could see like they were, they were not like on top gear. They even had to rotate a lot of players. Their main defensive partnership didn't start. That's why they considered three. I think um, this guy is called that trick. Um, Nkunku? Uh, yeah, yeah, Nkunku. Yeah, thank you. So, it's called that trick. I'm happy for him. I like when black players succeed. Like, I feel like they are one of my own. So, I look at it. Manchester City played, played very, very well. It was entertaining. Like, always, Manchester City, they always entertain you. But the, the one that is even that is very very um, comical about what Guardiola, yep, Guardiola. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You saw what Guardiola was doing with Mares and um, 
and um, Grealish. Like he was, especially Mares, he was so angry with Mares that Mares didn't know. Like Mares was like, "What's this old man saying?" Like Guardiola was in it, and we didn't even that didn't even stop. It didn't stop there. Guardiola went to the dressing room, um, and to his press post match, um. After the um, game, so he, in his press conference, he was like, he needs City fans to turn up for Europa, uh, more um, European night games. And now the City fans hit back and told the man, you bothered, man, stick to coaching. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, uh, they, didn't, they, didn't say, they didn't say you bothered, man, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have to make it interesting, bro. Relax, relax. <laughs> <laughs> at least, so, at least, so, yeah, it was... It was... It was, it was quite interesting to see because... We know Guardiola a few seasons ago he said he said um I'm trying to remember exactly okay he put it in a way let me paraphrase what he said he said that for you to win the Champions League the the team has to be good enough to win it yes but then the atmosphere the club has to want it the fans have to want it the fans have to believe and he and he said that City fans really he hasn't seen City fans caring about the Champions League the way like Bayern, Barcelona fans do, that until there's that atmosphere to be desperate for success, that they won't have it. And you can see by the by the poor attendance or average attendance they usually get in home games in Champions League for the past God knows how many years they've been in Champions League. They don't really turn up. And it's not just a matter of just this week alone. It's a matter that has been on for over seven years since they've been qualified for the Champions League. They rather win the Premier League than the Champions League. To me, that's the way I look at City fans. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say that because um, you have to go by the stats. Because when you look at their Champions League games, the, the stadium is quite empty. For being honest, but but you made you made a good point. They need to uh, act, they need to want it for them to win it. So. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, I, thank you, thank you for the compliment. But I'm actually not the one that said it. It's Guardiola that said that they need to want it before they win it. Who knows? Maybe that's why they lost the Champions League final to Chelsea because they didn't. The fans didn't want it enough. <laughs> Maybe that's the way to pass blame and say yeah, our fans didn't want it. That's why we didn't win. <laughs> but Guardiola, interestingly, he said he's not going to apologize to the fans for the statement that the fans should review the comments. So. He looks like. I mean, I thought that maybe. I, well, I wasn't sure if he was going to apologize because you know, but um, Guardiola is a very proud man, not in the wrong sense of proud, but like he's accomplished. So he's very confident in himself, and he has refused to apologize. Now, do you think that will cause a problem that will affect the City squad, or are City players too good to be caught up in all that drama? No, 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 no. no I don't think. I don't think. Knowing how Guardiola coach. Um, I don't think it will affect anything. We all know how. Well, um, well, you don't think. Sorry, you don't think that maybe if City go behind in a game, the fans will turn on them because of what Guardiola said, and then they might get to the players, or they are they too good? No, I just think that, no. City players, they 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 reach a level where, because of the kind of mentality Guardiola has instilled in them, I don't think all this kind of thing will actually affect them because when you look at it, they visit hostile territories a lot these days you know how they play at Anfield you know how Anfield is very hostile and um, uh, especially when you are the away team so I just think looking at it they've, they, they, they know how all this thing works and I just think City fans they are they are, they are how would I put it now they are like 
they feel they've arrived. Like the city fans, they don't know that, but Guardiola is their biggest asset. If they leave, if Guardiola and his coaching staff leaves, eventually leaves, they'll they, they, they will leave one day. But if they should leave, like City, I don't see them being this dominant ever, except they get a, another top class manager. And we all know how top class manager are hard to come by when it comes to football. So I just think, yeah, using the they are playing, they are joking with their biggest asset, which is Guardiola. If Guardiola says fans should turn up, I just think the least they can do is okay, say yes, fans should turn up. And when you look at it, there's no excuse why fans shouldn't turn up because the quite um the ticket prices are quite very very cheap. There was one I saw that it was like twelve pounds. So you see, they are like literally begging fans to please come to the stadium, and they don't want to come. Wow, city nice. tickets twelve pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw I saw something like that on. Oh, wow. The website, so maybe, oh, maybe I might be wrong, but but I even I I I I saw even someone on Twitter a a city influencer was tweeting that look the, the tickets are not that expensive, and and looking at it, if the twelve pounds is actually real, that means they're begging them to really come to the stadium, and they don't want to show up. Uh well, I, we'll see how that drama unfolds. And you you touched on Anfield and the hostile atmosphere. Well, it was evoking atmosphere at Anfield as Milan lost 3-2 to Liverpool. But I think this scoreline flattered Milan. Liverpool should have won more comfortably. Um, you could say that, but I think, I think, yeah. You see, this is the thing we always say about Liverpool. Liverpool, they need to look for other ways, ways to win. They can't be relying on energetic midfield because when you look at it, there are phases in the game where you could see that your midfield which try, try to like have this breather and take a rest, right? Because you know how Liverpool play, they try to choke you from the front, like press from the front, and you know that takes a lot of energy. Then obviously that's I think that's where the two Milan goals came from. Because the the midfield they were they were like trying to get back, but don't they don't have that energy and, and they could now pass um all those intricate passes into the players and those are where Milan um, media um, damage and they scored. I think Liverpool now going forward, they need to. I know that the Gagan press is their main philosophy. Try to choke the players um, from the front, different from the front, high high press and constant pressure. But they need to find other ways because in 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 hindsight, like it's not sustainable for throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with you. They need to find other ways to win. I think they are trying to do that. That's why we've seen trends talking in the midfield. And we've seen, unfortunately, Harvey Elliott now injured. But we saw Harvey Elliott then going wide while trends talked in with the midfield. So I think they are experimenting with a few things. We've seen um, Jota make, well, no, that one isn't new, but Jota make real runs like a number nine. And I think maybe the only thing is missing is a creative central midfielder. Thiago Alcantara, we hoped and thought that he would be the one, but it seems like he's more interested in keeping possession than actually unlocking defences. But we'll see how that goes for Liverpool as the season progresses. Um, European champions Chelsea off to winning starts. A bit more difficult than expected. And Real Madrid winning late... Against Inter Milan, surprise, surprise, it's happened again this year. Um, <laughs> well, I think um, Inter Milan they had Real Madrid on the ropes, and 
we all know the thing about Real Madrid. Every time I'm against Real Madrid, they always find a way to win. And we saw that Kamavenga came on. So, um, do you, do you, should you just stop stressing yourself and just accept that Real Madrid are too great to... to What's the word? Like, Real Madrid are too good to be beefing. Because I feel like if you're a Bayern hater, for example, you're going to be sad most weeks because Bayern will win most weeks. So, there's no point hitting on teams that are that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'll just hang my boots and give up hating them. But no, but but then, like no, it. no. But <laughs> but still, I don't think Real Madrid are still at that level. I think now they are more vulnerable to bad results. And I think this was just the hunger of maybe the hunger, like they wanted to win. They knew that this was a tough game away from home, and the three points is going to be really, really vital for Madrid. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. You could say that, but at the end of the day, um, I know that Inter Milan they will be they'll be quite gutted with the results because they actually played well and they were better. But still, like I, I don't know what it is with Real Madrid when it comes to European football when they put on that the wall and they still and they will still find a way. Like I don't understand it. It's it's annoying. Uh, me. It, it, you, don't, you don't win thirteen European titles without having that fighting spirit. Um, in a word on Chelsea and Lukaku showing that they want to defend their crown. I mean, this is a game that Chelsea would have drawn last season without Lukaku. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We even saw the the goal wasn't easy. Like, if it was another striker, I don't think the striker might actually convert the way Lukaku converted up um chance because I think the ball came from as as play Queta. Then he he went he hung on the air and he actually got a lot of power. And he kept it hard and low, and the keeper couldn't quite reach there on time, and he went in. So, like, it wasn't—I wouldn't say that chance was like clear cut. It wasn't clear cut. It was just a chance that just came, and he took it. And that is what Chelsea has needed for a while. And I think if Chelsea had that last season, they could have done a lot in, in terms of league. But now they have that, and we could see that that quality is now coming through for them because obviously we all know that Chelsea, right from time on, that since Tuchel took over. Every player looks so much better because of the system. And now they are very, very difficult to break down. And I see them keeping a lot of clean sheets in this group stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were talking before we started recording. And you said you expect Chelsea to concede maybe just two or three goals throughout this entire group stage. Well, that's some shouts. That's a, that's a shout, but we'll see how that goes. I think it's, it might be doable. Three goals, yeah, throughout the group stage, maybe. Um. I don't know. Another team I see considering more, certainly more than three goals is PSG. How can you explain having Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi on the pitch and failing to win Club Brugge? Um, I don't think Pochettino for now is just Ishala and vibes. That's what they are doing. When I watch them, <laughs> they, they look they look more like Manchester United. Like no cohesion, no midfield. No defense. They look but do, do you think we can we can blame that on missing Verratti? It looks like now we are we are seeing how important he is. I mean, we've known me and you. We know how important he is. But for a lot of people, they always look at the attacking players. But Verratti is so important to that team. No, 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 no. There is no out for Pochettino yet. We all know Verratti, <laughs> but still, like if you watch that game, I'm telling you. Every time club um, Bruga attacked, yeah, they looked like scoring. They looked like scoring. 
So I think oh, yeah, yeah, it was, why, it was why their midfield was so quite open and their defense were just open. I think Marquinhos and Kimpempe can be playing together. I'm sorry. Like Kimpempe is just passion and vibes. He's not a good defender. I think when Ramos is fit, Ramos walks into this team straight. And I think they should they should put a leash on Akimi because when Akimi moves forward, he hardly tracks back. So that oh, what, do you, what do you think on what do you think of the idea of playing a back three and then having Verati when Adam as your midfielders, then having Kimpembe right wing back, center backs you have Marquinhos, Ramos, Kimpembe. Do you think that will help them have more stability, or do you think that they have to stick with the back four? Well, if you play three at the back, yeah, I think I think it's it's it will give them more. Um, more cover in defense, in defense, but especially especially with someone like Hakimi who likes to bomb forward a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, I think that would be the formation to go with. But there are some teams that then when when they have fast wingers that can exploit that space, you know, there's always a space between the wing back and the de- and center defenders when you play three at the back. So we've mm-hmm. seen it with Chelsea. So if the, if when you come against side that have fast wingers. I think that's where the issue will, will be because if those if they are not able to keep up with those wingers, I think they'll be exposed. And still, they even I don't think I don't think yeah, well, Pochettino should be doing more with the players he have. If I'm being honest, because you can't have a a game like that. And I know I know um Club Brugge, you have to give them credit because they actually played well from start to finish. But still, like PSG with the quality they ha- have on show that very day, they need to be doing more. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, join with Club Ruga, I don't see how PSG can go on to top this group anymore. Man City look like a more cohesive unit. And it's interesting because even Pochettino had admitted himself before the match, maybe he was just giving excuses in, in advance. He said that the favorites for the Champions League should be them and Chelsea. But he said Chelsea more because... Chelsea are the defending champions and Chelsea are more of a unit. And that they, PSG, this is Pochettino talking that PSG themselves are not yet a team because the players are just new. So they are still a collection of players and they have to gel into a team before they they can actually do something. Just giving a bunch of excuses. This is a man with the galaxy of stars at his disposal. I'm telling you, look at at what um, Tuchel was able to achieve in six months just in Chelsea. So I don't know what he's saying, please. All those things are just cap. If they cannot if they cannot achieve something, I don't think they should not waste time. Uh, they should not waste time. That's why I, I laugh at Manchester United for wasting time giving only only contract. They should not waste time. They should sack Pochettino. There is Zidane. I think if he gives Zidane this team, Zidane will win you Champions League. Like if he doesn't win you Champions League, at least he'll get you to a semi final. Yeah but like, but slight slight problem with Zidane. I think he's waiting on the fans job. The, the, the champ I, I think eventually he will get it. He's, he's, yeah, I think eventually he will get it. Yeah, he's very young. Zidane is very young, so I don't, I don't, I don't think like you know, hurrying that to get the fans' job is anything. Because when you look at it, French French players, most of them they are quite young and they are not yet near their prime. You have Kamavinga now. You have um, you have Mbappe who is very young. Some people forget that Mbappe is twenty twenty. Yeah, so there are so many people that are coming through. For them, the French team that are very are quite young. So I think Zidane, I think Zidane will just be waiting for a job. I think he will get either the Mayu job or maybe the PSG job if it's available. 
Oh, we'll see about that. Um, Atletico Madrid disappointing against Porto at home. Psh. I mean, we know Atletico Madrid are good defensively, but you have to be beating teams like Porto at home. I know Porto are not a small team, but still, that was disappointing for me. For me, um, and a word on Seb- Sebastian Heller, the perceived West Ham flop, four goals on his Champions League debut, first player to do that. Since the great Marco Van Basten. I'm telling you, and when we're doing our fantasy team for the um, Champions League, I did not even had, think of. So, I did not think so of Haaland. Someone had Haaland that team. Man. And you were laughing. I swear, I was laughing. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this, bro?" And now, and now, look at now. I'm the one that you're laughing at now. So quite painful. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Okay, now so. Yeah. That's all for the Champions League. Europa League, pff, we're not going to spend much time on it. Trust me. We're not even just, just going to relax some fixtures. I know um, really West Ham won Locomotive just too near confident and dominant from West Ham. We had Napoli handing out a footballing lesson to Leicester. Although Leicester took it too near lead unexplicably, inexplicably against the run of play, but Victor Simen getting two goals and Adrian Boy. And yeah, so that was pretty that's pretty much it I care about in the Europa League, to be honest. Um, yeah, but Europa, Europa Conference League. <laughs> Is that the juicy one? We have yes. Tottenham. We have Tottenham with Ren to two draw. More injury concerns. Lucas Mora and Steven Bergwijn going off injured. Do you, do you want to say anything about sports? I'm sure it's not going to be anything good. Yeah, I, I the only thing I just want to say, yeah, I was told that Jose Mourinho was ruining Tottenham and he should get the fuck out of their club. So now the question I need to ask, please ask me at Leonard Knox on any social media platform. Yeah, the question <laughs> I need an answer to, a very bony question. Mourinho has left the club and still, they're still swimming in mediocrity. So now, is this uh, still Mourinho's fault? Um, um, well, I agree that they've not been playing well, but then the table will tell you that they've won three out of their four Premier League games so far. And Ren is probably their most difficult opponent in this group stage. So I think they'll still be fine in the group stages. And I think so three out of four wins, you can't really complain about that, right? Well, don't worry, we'll come back to this. When they are out of the conference <laughs> league, out of the, all the cups, and swimming but, in eight. Don't worry, we'll talk but, about this later. But, but just funny, you know, um, do you think as a fan of a big club, say you're a fan of Roma or Tottenham, who are both in the conference league, if your team wins that competition, is this something to celebrate? Yeah, 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 of course. You just have to celebrate. Well, Obviously, as if as the kind of team Spurs and um, Roma, they are like. Obviously, they should be in better competitions. But as a fan, you have to celebrate whatever um, um, achievements your clubs. Do you think? Um, do you think Bayern, Barcelona, or Real Madrid fans will ever be happy to see their team lift the Europa League? No, no. The, the, you uh, um, like if if Barcelona now, which is a reality that can happen, if Barcelona were to drop to the Europa. Now and they kind of win the Europa League. Like you won't. Would you be happy? Around. 
Now okay, I won't be jumping wouldn't. around, okay. but I'll just be like, okay, cool, we've won, we've won, we've won the competition. Let's move on to the next thing. But I, I mean, just, we, could, I we could see, we could see the two goats Ronaldo and Messi playing in the Europa League final. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, with you, the way United started, and PSG have started, you started I mean, this agenda. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting to see the two goats play the Europa League final. So let's see yeah. who is the who is the better player. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, no problem. I hope it doesn't happen. Well, well, I, I have we touched on Roma? Uh no, not the results. I just mentioned that they're in the competition. Okay, okay. Then you saw how your um some um, Tammy, Tammy. No, not just Tammy. Like Mourinho, what he has been doing since he got to Roma. Like wins upon wins upon wins, and not just getting very impressive. Games. Like even the way they play, like some of the football they play, I'll be like, "Is this Mourinho? Mourinho is he coaching this team?" Like we know, we all know how Mourinho set up his team. Like some of the victories they've been getting, and the way they play, they pass the ball. I'll be like, "What, what is Mourinho trying to do well, here?" But, like, is he but, so, so, but so far they haven't really faced any team of real repute, so. I'm waiting to see them play against. I don't I say UV, but are UV still a team of repute at this point? Oh my god, this Roma will beat UV black and blue, bro. So I'm waiting to see them against Inter Milan, Napoli, Atalanta to see if they try to dominate possession or if they go revert to the usual Mourinho way of hitting on the counter. So we'll wait and see on that one. Big yeah, games for Roma in this area. Now let's preview some Premier League fixtures. I mean, we start... Um, the weekend's action starts um, Friday evening, Leeds away to Newcastle. We expect the Leeds win for sure, even though both teams are yet to win this season. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, Leeds, uh, Leeds, they've been, they've been, they've had a very, very horrible start to the season. Um, I think this is a fixture where They'll be looking at it and targeting it and being like, okay, this is a fixture where we can actually get joy from it. So I think um, Leeds, they should be getting a victory against um, Newcastle. Yeah, definitely. Burnley at home to us now. Do you see any problems for the Gunners? <laughs> Man, Burnley, um, we all know how Burnley they try to defend and Arsenal, they are unbeaten in their last nine league away games against Burnley. So I think this is a fixture where Coming into it, Arsenal, they are quite confident because they finally got their victory and that goal of the month they've been looking for against Norwich. So, I think um, <laughs> coming into this, um, Arsenal should get the victory. But if they can't, I think Arsenal will draw. I don't see Arsenal losing this game, if I'm being honest, because previous records speak for itself. Well, yeah, the records are good, but I, I just worry because Burnley seem to really be taking advantage of this new... Um, law of more physicality being allowed in the league. Like, Burnley are played on the edge of that disciplinary line, and I'm not sure if Arsenal's players can take such physicality and fight. Yeah, true, true, true. It's good you even pointed that out, because Arsenal players are quite um, squeamish. They're not like, they're not like all these um, guys that are ready to put in tackles and um, have that physicality when it comes to, when it comes down to it. So, but I just think but overall, quality, because of the yeah, yeah the quality, quality will speak, have, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because of the quality they have, I just think they will come through. Uh, and I think 
I'm with you. I don't see Arsenal losing this game, but at the same time, I won't put money on them winning either. So, we'll see. Yeah, if they lose, I think nobody would be surprised. City at home to Southampton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, City at home to Southampton, not much to say. Yeah, we expect a City win and we expect a pretty comfortable one at that. <laughs> well, we all know that. We all know that City... Um, the kind of performance City puts in the midweek, so we expect them to win. And and l- looking at it, like it might be a long night um, day for um, Southampton because Manchester City have won their last. Um, they have won their um, last eight of the last prim- nine they've met Southampton, and so it's going yeah. to be long for them. So, I mean, for people that bet, might as well just go and put City straight win right now, but. If it doesn't happen, don't come, don't come at me because I'm just saying what I'm just judging from what Lena just told me about eight out of nine. So if City don't win, you go for Leonard's head, not mine. <laughs> no problem, no problem. I'm here for it. Um, Liverpool at home to Crystal Palace. Respect Liverpool win. Mani has a good scoring record against Crystal Palace. Salah has a good scoring record against Crystal Palace. Liverpool as a club have a good record against Crystal Palace. So, it's all pointed to one direction, isn't it? Yeah, facts. Like, Salah, Salah loves this fixture. So, I'm looking at it. Salah has now joined the 100 club, the Centurion. So, um, in bargain 100 Premier League goals. So, I think he wants to, want to increase that tally because he said that he has only scored 98 Premier League goals for Liverpool. So, he'll be looking to make um, that 100 um, goals as a Liverpool player yeah, in the Premier League. So, I think if, if this, this one is no brainer, if you have Salah in your FPL, you should even captain himself. Oh, FPL segment coming early there from Leonard. West Ham United against Manchester United. This is not as straightforward as United fans might want to think, is it? Um, yes, you could say that, but the record is quite terrible for David Moyes because since, since he's leaving in 2014, yeah, David Moyes has failed to win any of his last seven games against Manchester United in all competitions. So it doesn't oh, look wow. well for him at all. And as well, Antonio is suspended. So who is going to bring the goal threat for West Ham? Um, I, I think there will, there will be a change in formation. Um, I, I, I think um, who, last who goes in as if who goes in as a false nine, Bemama or or now? No, is it now? No, who would you rather have as a false nine, Bemama or Jared Bowen? I don't know. What well, is Yamalenko fit? I'm not quite sure. Is he fit? He's he's fit, but I mean, Moyes doesn't trust him. Oh uh, man, I, I, I don't I don't know what he would do, but I I, I expect there will be a change in the system. And, and you talking about a first nine, definitely, I think there will be someone playing as a first nine for them um, when it comes down to it. So, but I just think at the end of the day, whatever they do, I think Zuma, Zuma will come in into this um, starting 11 again and he'll be their defender. But I just think it will still to be, to be a long day for them because looking at it, United, they are a wounded animal and they want to get all three points against West Ham. But, We'll see, though. We'll see because if anyone can upset that, I think it's West Ham. Oh, uh, um, a word on Ronaldo. The man has gotten three goals in his first two games back in in United shirts. 
we sp- do you expect him to get on the score sheet again, or are we not brave enough to say he would mm-hmm. definitely score? Um, because it's I, w- I will not say um, man, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Tell but you but, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't bet against it, would you? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't because the, the only reason why I can't tell you anything more on it is just because of Oli, Oli, Oli. Anything that consigns Manchester United. <laughs> You can't just predict it when it comes to Oli because tomorrow now you might even see him start Jesse Lingard up front. I don't even know what he thinks. You might even see Fred coming in. Like, man, Oli just a weird manager. So, but we expect Ronaldo to be on. But if you're anyone who's from United, most likely it's Ronaldo. Yeah, but if you're Oli, out of your midfielders of Doom, Matic, McDominay, and Fred, who is the least likely to cause a calamity? And would you start? The, the wait, let me change it like this. The most likely to cause a calamity is Fred. The most likely. So but but so definitely Fred is out of it. But who is the least likely? Would you start? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, will it be will it be um will it be a bad shout if we see Don Ivan the Big and Matic Imp- as the holder? Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying is impossible. You know what I'm saying is impossible. Why? Why? The manager obviously does not like him. Guess we took yeah, off yeah, from Haran at halftime against Young Boys. It was Van der Beek. And for yeah, you to be taken off at halftime, you should definitely know you're going to be waiting a while to play again. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. But the reason why I say it here, when Donny was in uh, was at Ajax, um, you know, Ajax, they play 4-2-3-1. So sometimes Donny plays as the 10 or he drops... And talking with Frankie in the midfield, so like Donny, Donny has played those, that position before, so it's not it's nothing new. So if you have like if Oli was to deploy a four four two three one, the normal suspect at the back, then play Dia, um, Diego Dalo at um, Aramuan Bissaka's position because I don't like no, Bissaka. Um, but are I know you serious? Yeah, I don't like the guy. Like they need to start. See, um, see, there's a clear weakness in their in their attack. When you look at my when Manchester United attack, the um with the but, uh, but the don't out, you think, don't you think his, okay, okay, go ahead. Don't you think ahead. his good defensive work makes up for his lack of output going forward? No, no, no. You that's what I'm saying. Remember, we said this. He's not good defensively. He's just good at recoveries. That's what he's good at, and. For a player to be making that reco- that amount of recoveries, obviously he can't recover everything. Because look at it now. Most times he dives into tackle. Maldini himself has said this. If a defender has to, to be... tackle, he has lost the plot. <laughs> yeah, but then to be fair, he's not just recovering for himself. Sometimes he's recovering for his centre-backs. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, true. True. But I just think like, like looking at it, obviously they will have to play the Champions League without... um. Arwan Bissaka, why not give um, Dalu some minutes so that the um, so that Dalu can be used to his teammates as well? So I just think if, I think we'll see Dalu coming at some points in the game. Maybe it might not come in, but I just think if they should go for four two three one, that system will suit them. You have Pogba playing um Pogba playing on the um, left wing. On the left, then you have Bruno in the middle, then you have Greenwood, then you have Ronaldo up front. Because I just think Sancho is the weakest link. In that attack so far, Sancho has not been Ouch. has not been at it since coming in. So that's just the truth. Um, for Sancho, I can't disagree with that because he has been underwhelming so far. But 
I'll cut him some slack. He's just coming to the league. Like, how people were quick to crucify Kai Havertz last season. And we know how last season ended for him and his club. So I'm not going to jump on that bad dragon just yet and say Sancho is trash. But I'll say that I'm expecting him to improve. He has not been good enough. Um, For Donny van der Beek, I'm not sure how you come back from all this if you're a player. His confidence must be below zero right now. I personally think he needs to leave United to revive his career, even if he's on loan at first, but just get out of the club in general. Exactly. I agree with you. And you know what I'm praying for? I just pray Barcelona has the money to just sign a player like that because when, when you look at it, Van der Beek is a good player. He will start for any other team. He will start for Real Madrid. He will start for Barcelona. He will start Real for Madrid? any other team. Yeah, yeah, he will. He will. Like, he, he's, he's this kind of player. He's like um he plays like um Godgun. They ca- he they can pass the ball, they close down, and what they do very well late, more than anybody. Runs into the box. Yes, they smell goals. They know where to position to smell those goals, and they are always there for those for those goals. So I think I think he's a very good player. It's just that yeah, he's, so that's just it. Yeah, he's he's a good player, but I think starting for Real Madrid is a bit of a stretch, but well. Yeah, um, he will. You forgot him. Real Madrid wanted him. They wanted to sign him. Yeah, but I think that was before Kamavinga. I think now they've forgotten that Donny van der Beek even exists. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and the biggest one of the weekend, the last fixture for the weekend in the Premier League, Spurs at home to Chelsea. Who takes this one? Mm, this is quite interesting. And I just think, <laughs> looking at this, yeah, it will be uh, de- definitely. I expect Chelsea to come up um, to get the three points. Like, I don't see, I don't see um, Chelsea losing this game. If I'm being honest with you, um, I think this is a fixture where by Chelsea, we, Chelsea will show who is the most superior team in London. And you know what? It's actually funny. Yeah, Tottenham they have conceded more Premier League goals against Chelsea than any other opponent. <laughs> and do you know how many goals that is? How many? 103. What? So, oh, like, wow. <laughs> so oh, looking, wow. at it, looking at it, man, there's no clean sheet for Tottenham in this game. 100%. All those clean sheets they've been keeping, it's over for them. Um, <laughs> I think Lukaku gets on the score sheet, especially with the centre-back Difficulties they're having with Tangaga suspended, Eric Dyer injured, um, and so on and so forth. We have Davison Sanchez also out. But then, if maybe one of those guys plays, then maybe they can try to stop Lukaku. But if all those guys are out, Lukaku is going to have a few day. Um, for uh, for sports going forward as well, they have injury problems that like we touched on. Um, Lucas Moura. Um, we know Son missed last weekend's fixture defeat to Crystal Palace. Um, also, so that's Son, Lucas Moura, and of course Steven Bergvin. And we know that if those three are out, then you're basically calling on the kids. And this is not a fixture you want, kids. This is a fixture you want to experience players. Mm-hmm. I just think um some of you things uh, I think Lukaku going on the score sheet like it's 
it's to me it's obvious. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it doesn't go on discussion, I'll be quite surprised. And obviously, I just feel I just hope Rich James is in in the um right uh, mental state to play this game because we all know that he was his house was robbed and they stole his Champions League medal. So I hope well, those yeah, guys they, get caught. They might as well just go and win another one for him, right? Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, fair enough. Maybe he's even a Tottenham um supporter or a player that went to Spain. Ah, uh, come on, come on, that's a low blow, <laughs> isn't it, Leonard? Ah, uh, it, it won't be like I'm. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. If I'm the police and I'm investigating, my suspects would be the two clubs from London, one wearing white and one wearing red. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's. I believe the Premier League segment. I'm not doing this with you. I'm so not. Um, over to Spain, we have Atletico Madrid against Athletic Club. I mean, I'm I'm willing to say Atletico Madrid will win because we saw what they did in Champions League. But then, but then again, I'm willing to say that they won't win because we've seen them getting late goals to win games this season already in the league. Um, yeah. I, I understand why you're on the fence on this one, but I just think the thing that, that happened in Champions League is Simeon Dacosta. He rotated heavily, and he paid dearly for that. Because when you look at it, when he now brought when he took off um, Joao Felix Condobia in the second half, like you could see that um, Atletico were better against um, FC Porto. So I just think um, if he gets the lineup correctly, I think they can come in come with the victory because I think um, the quality they have speaks for itself but I don't want to write off Atleti too because um, Atleti they are one to always cause an upset when it comes to all these kind of fixtures uh, Okay, fair enough um, Now the City rivals Real Madrid away to Valencia What are we expecting in this fixture? Um, I think um, <laughs> you know you know how you feel about Real Madrid anytime I'm against them like <laughs> They always find a way to win. So, but I'll just, you're I'll going just, to be just... sad. But you're going to be sad this weekend when they win because I don't see Valencia stopping them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I hope Valencia cause an upset. But I'll just say, I'll just say, um, I'll just lock up and see how it goes. I just feel, <laughs> I just feel Valencia might do something considering the way Real Madrid they've been defending, especially in the league, they've been conceding goals. I just think if Valencia can do something, they are the perfect team to do that. So let's see where it goes. Um, rounding of the big boys, Barcelona. Are Barcelona still big boys? Well, maybe in Spain, but certainly not in Europe anymore. Oh, Barcelona. Oh. I didn't... <laughs> nice one. Nice one. I, I mean, I, am I lying? Are they still big boys in Europe? Oh, yes no, or no? Yeah, no worry. Let's let's continue. No, let's no, no. Continue. I, I, no. Let let the listener know. We're trying to let the listener know where Barcelona stand. Are they still big boys in Europe? Yes or no? Wherever Barcelona is. They are still, they are still a top club, and they are still what? one of the good boys what? in Europe. Man, so let's I, 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 are Barcelona one of the top five favorites to win the Champions League this season? No, we are still part of the favorites to win the Champions League. Let's not top say top five. five but no, 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 top five. And I, can, I don't have an answer for you at this time, but I will come back to you. Oh, come on, Leonard. Come on, you know the truth. I, 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 uh, um, you know what? You know what? <laughs> I feel like I feel like okay. Let's talk about this fixture. Then next week, the next episode, I want you to tell me five favorites to win the Champions League. 
I actually should have done that today, but I forgot to slip my mind. So okay, the next episode, no I want to have five teams for me that can win the Champions League. And if you okay. put Barcelona there, then I'll know that you're just clowning yourself. Okay, so if I put Barcelona there, that means I clown myself. But but if I don't put Barcelona there, it's not proof your agenda. Okay, no problem. No, no, that would be you being an objective analyst and saying the truth. <laughs> okay, no problem. Let's let's move on ahead. Let's move on. Ahead. Okay, so yeah, the reason the only reason I even wanted to talk on Barcelona was because they are playing Granada. I think I'm more excited by Granada. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, seriously now, Barcelona at home to Granada. Barcelona should win this, right? We don't even need to analyze anything here. If Barcelona can't win Granada, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Kuman out. Kuman out. I don't, I don't, I'm not even Kuman out. I don't know who they, they plan on winning if they can't win Granada. Like, that's straight to the Europa League because the fixture they have is basically <laughs> So, if they cannot win teams like Granada, did they not expect to win teams like Benfica? Like, Please, I don't understand it. So definitely, they can't get three points, man. That's that's and and just to buttress your point, Granada currently sits seventeenth on the table. So I mean, you should be beating teams like this quite easily and comfortably. Yes, we should. But we all know how Kuman sets up, so I won't be surprised if he if he set us out um to play like um who is the worst team now? Maybe Norwich. I don't even understand, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, Norwich won the worst team in the Champions League midweek. Just saying. Okay, okay, no problem. It's fine. Let's go. Ahead. <laughs> oh God, I'm loving this. I'm so loving this episode. Like you, you can't even come back. That's how sad it is. Like no witty remarks, no, no comeback. The reason why I don't want to come back is when I when I when I start running my agendas. I am telling you. No problem. Let's let's just move on. Let's just move. On. Let's not dwell on this. Let's well, uh, you know, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to be professional. I don't want the fans to know which club I support yet, but maybe one or two might have an idea. But no for problem. now, it's on that wraps. But in, in due time, in due time, I want to see if they can figure it out for, for themselves. <laughs> okay, no problem. <laughs> when when I start dropping hints, different hints. Okay. Uh, you you wouldn't do that to your friend, would you? I mean, no I'm, I'm your I'm your I'm your G. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Let's let, let's see what the Syria has to say. Um, in terms of their fixtures, well, what do we have for there? Um, Inter Milan against Bologna. I expect Inter to win. I don't even think we should really spend too much time analyzing that. Inter should win. I think fairly easily. Um. With the way they are playing, with the, with the way they have been playing, we can see another straightforward victory for them against Verona. But for me, the biggest one, and for everybody really, the biggest one has to be Juventus at home to AC Milan on Sunday. Mm. That so that is the cracker. Definitely. Uh, do you what do you think about that fixture? Do you think um who who do you think will win? I mean. In current form, Juventus are nothing to write them about. I think AC Milan will win this. Might not be like 3 nil or whatever, but I think Milan will win this. Maybe 2-1 or something. Ah, uh, cool, cool, cool. No problem, no problem, no problem. But for, for me, yeah. For are me, are I you... Okay, I, I thought you were going to share away from your prediction. No, no, no. You know how I feel about um, UV? Like, how can you rely on Morata? Morata. 
and, and more skin. <laughs> even more skin is better. Like if you can even rely a little bit on more skin, but more and the I'm shadow sorry. of Dybala because Dybala stopped playing football two years ago. We've just been seeing his shadow for the past two seasons. The Bala, the Bala, the and Danny James. There's no difference currently. Danny James even plays better than the Bala these days. So, oh my God. Well, I can't even disagree with that. That's how bad it is. The, the, the truth for me is, I just think um, Juve, they, they are quite average these days. And I just think looking at it and the way AC Milan played um, Liverpool, if they can replicate that kind of um, quality, I think it would be a very, very long day for Juventus. And I think Milan walks away with the three points quite comfortably. But so we both think home advantage you count for absolutely nothing, right? Is that home advantage counts for absolutely nothing? Is that how bad you are right now? Well, if home advantage wins, can can win you points. I'm certainly not Juventus fans because Juventus fans, they, they I don't think they they can do quite much in terms of creating that kind of atmosphere to. To um um make your team play better and looking at the way their team is, uh, I just think their team is quite needy, very very needy. And there there's there are so much like the fans can't affect the game. If I'm being honest, like if they like let them shout for money tonight, there's nothing they can do. Like honestly, <laughs> well, I don't think you have gotten that bad overnight, but I'll say they are bad for now. So. I can't disagree too much what you said. Now, Bundesliga, really Bayern Liga, Bayern at home to VFL Bochum, three points for Bas- for Bayern rather. I had nothing to say much. Lewandowski with at least one goal. Dortmund at home to Union Berlin, Dortmund with a win, probably concede because of their shaky defense. Haaland with at least one goal. Can we please move on to the FPL segment. <laughs> all right, all right. For the parts there, everyone is always excited about. So, um, what do you think about? Should we um talk about a wild card draft for anyone that is thinking of using a wild card? Oh, you think you're smart, right? Because you were asking to see my draft, and I said no. And now you want me to see the draft on the podcast. You think you're smart? No, no, no! I didn't say anything like that. I'm asking. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why you're coming at me like that. I don't, I'm just asking you. Some people every week. People are always thinking of using their wild card. So, so like, if someone right now sitting there at home thinking, how can I get a solid team for this game week with my wild card? It will be to be. This will be of use to them. So that's why I'm asking for them. Yeah, yeah. Let's pretend like you care that much about the listener more than yourself. So, yes. Because I know you have your wild card. So, you should just be asking, what should I do for my wild card? Don't say the listener. Because you're the one that wants to use your wild card. But fair enough, I'll answer the question. Um, Players you should be targeting on your wild card. Lukaku, especially for the fixture swing for Chelsea game week 7. Lukaku, Damara Gray. You should have a Wolves defender. You should have Rafinha for Leeds. I think Leeds have reasonable fixtures from for a few weeks to come. Um, obviously, Ronaldo, you don't want to be left behind because we know that he sniffs out opportunities out of nothing. Musala definitely. 
um, you want a Chelsea defender to whichever one you go for. I think Rudiger is the surest bet to start, but if you're a risk taker, and obviously then the better choice would be with James because he can give attacking returns as well. But for safety, you buy Rudiger instead. Um, a city defender as well, Cancelo or Diaz, solid options. Um, I think those should be the bedrocks of your wildcard team. Then you can put a few more pieces together. Mm. That's interesting. No, well, what about punts? Like some kind of punts to look out for? Galiga, I mean, he's fast becoming a mainstay, no more a punt. I think he's here to stay. I think the way he plays... On paper, you see him as a central midfielder, but in reality, he's more like the second striker because he, since game week three, has gotten the most big chances from any player in the entire league. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. The young man is hungry for goals. And so I think Gallagher, I think Ducoy as well. I watched Everton's game on Monday, Monday night and I was very impressed with what I saw from Abdullah Dikore, he didn't he didn't score, but he got two assists, and I think he could have even gotten more assists if the players he passed to had converted the chances. So Dukore is one to keep an eye on, and I really don't know. I want to say Jimenez, but till he scores, actually, I'm I'm not sure about Jimenez, but I'm a bit more sure of Trincao, his teammate. Looks to be full of confidence, dribbling, attacking, getting in positions that we expect Jimenez himself to be getting to. So, I think Trincao might get on the score sheet pretty soon. Mm, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Now that we've talked about transfers, what about um for those that have like trans um um that okay we've talked about wildcard. Let's now move over to just those that just have um transfers. So, if you have two or one transfers, who are the players? Um, we should be looking to get like since we um most of us have already um used our wild card already, so which should we be looking to get in in different position like I like you to talk about the midfield area, the defense or attacking options because right now some people are looking for replacement for Mikel Antonio. Um. Okay. For the Antonio part, I think on paper Chelsea have a tough game against. Pause, but in reality, with the injury problems, it might not be so tough for Lukaku. So, Lukaku against Pause might be a way to go. But then, who knows? Maybe Daya might be past fit at the last minute, so it gets that bit tougher for Lukaku. So, if you don't want that Lukaku one, you can go for Timo Puki. Now, I know what you're saying. You're you're thinking. Norwich is a terrible club to watch, but they are playing against another terrible club, Watford. So. <laughs> One team is going to be less terrible than the other, and I think Timupuki can score in that game. So I think he's an out striker to consider. And yeah, I think and then Bamford against Newcastle. Psh, no way Newcastle are keeping a clean sheet. And if Leeds are going to score, it's most likely going to be Bamford. For the midfielders, I already mentioned Trincao. But for the more safe bets. I mean, if you don't have Salah for whatever reason, I think you should get him for this fixture. Um, but I wouldn't go as far as taking a minus four to get Salah. Maybe if you just have a straight 
transfer and you have money in the bank, you can get Salah. You can also get Ferran Torres against Southampton. Expect City to get a heart full of goals and Torres as the first nine will definitely be on the score sheet if he starts. For the defence, a lead defender against Newcastle might be the way to go because they are without because Newcastle are without um Callum Wilson, who's your major goal threat. I think an Arsenal defender like Ben White could also be a good shout against Burnley, maybe a clean sheet. Can tell him attacking returns, attacking potential and clean sheet potential against Southampton. Cancelo is another person to really, really try to bring in if you have that free transfer. Mm. Good shout, good shout. What about um, um the um, Wolves defender, the one of 4.5? Marcel is actually 4.6 now because of the exploits he did last week, getting 13 points. Would have been 14, but for the yellow card he picked up. So Marcel is now 4.6. Cody is still 4.5, but we all we all know that Marcel's goal threat is immense. But also Nelson Semedo should not be slept on because he had two big chances last week that he should really have scored at least one goal. And his 4.9 million dropped from 5 million. So Nelson Semedo or Marcel, very good options. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay. So the interesting one. What about Captain C picks? Would you should we go for like your top three? Top three for me. I mean, I'm going to be boring and say the usual. Mosala at home to Crystal Palace. I mean, I'm struggling to see anything other than a Liverpool victory and Mosala on the score sheet. Um, looking at the difficulties that Spurs have in defense, I'll say Lukaku is another good shout, and I'll say. If you want to go more left field, I would say Patrick Bamford against Newcastle. Mm, Patrick Bamford. So what about people that have um Yeah, like I think Bruno? he is now just like yeah, Bruno, about, I mean what about people that have um players like Bruno or Ronaldo in their team? I mean, if you have Ronaldo and you don't have Salah, then yes, Captain Ronaldo. But if you have Salah, I'd be I mean you need to be really brave to overlook Salah this weekend. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I think that should be it for the FPL segment. Uh, I think I've covered it all. Um, so, Josh, any closing words? Well, let me just say that I hope that we all don't just become old stories and former champions and saying that we used to be good like some certain clubs in Spain. I hope we all continue progressing in life and not regressing and then remembering when we were good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Let me not spoil the closing speech. Well, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's for myself, Joshua, and the entire team. It's goodbye for now.